This is Joe's Corner 76. I will be discussing the human condition. In order to change it, you have to be involved. What are the myths and facts about climate change? Carbon taxes. We will get more money back than we paid in taxes. This is a myth. Even the government admits that. You also need to think about the increased costs for fuel that is needed to deliver food and other products to us. The truckers pass this on to us. The carbon tax increases the cost of food production for farmers who pass it on to us. This, combined with the inflationary policies of this government, have increased the price of food, the cost to heat our homes, and transportation. These are facts, not myths. Aren't you a little pissed off how the elites spout about carbon emissions causing global warming, but they don't curb their lifestyles, and they drive and fly at will, but call us, don't agree with them, nasty names as they fly off to yet another photo op conference. Has the carbon tax prevented even one forest fire? Do you think it could? This is a myth. We have always had forest fires that were started by lightning and we always will. That's a fact. The government seems to be pushing the idea that forest fires are all due to climate change. This is a myth. Some fires, and in fact a fair number, are started by human Action. These are facts, not myths. RCMP and Yellowknife say four female youths were charged with arson for trying to light a fire in a green space. Police are hunting for another two males suspected of sparking another blaze. Although in the summer of 2023, it's a troubling year for forest fires, it's strange that those blaming global warming don't mention that there have been arson investigations in most of the districts with wildfire fires, including BC. Alberta Premier Daniel Smith told CTV, all I know is in my province, we have 650 fires and 500 of them are human cause. So we have to make sure know that when it's dry and they get into the forest fire season, they've got to be more careful because anytime you end up with an ignition that happens to have a devastating Fact. Authorities even found that the massive 2016 wildfire in Fort McMurray, Alberta, was started by humans. Well, we don't dispute whether temperature and ground conditions or lightning strikes can play a role in forest fires. So can arson, the accidental spread of spark campfires or sparks from a train. This is rarely mentioned by carbon tax proponents like Trudeau or Environment Minister Steve Yabot. It is a myth that our federal and provincial governments have plans to manage our forests and be in the forefront of preventing and being able to react quickly in the event of a forest fire. It is a fact that both provincial and federal governments react to forest fires only when they occur and they have no real prevention plans and forestry management practices to alleviate the forest fire's destructiveness. At present, fire emergency response is handled by 10 provinces and three territories. The hundreds of forest fires have stretched local resources thin. Canada's capacity to prevent wildfires has been shrinking for decades because of budget costs, a loss of some of the country's forest service staff, and onerous rules for fire prevention, turning some of its forests into a tinderbox. Government and any future federal government must put a national firefighting service in place, fund it to a level where it can be proactive in the fight against forest fires. There needs to be a national forestry management play, plan 
in place to better control the spread of fires. Carbon tax aren't doing this. The claims that human climate is will cause sea levels to rise, affecting low-lying areas, flash floods and other flooding are due to climate change. The government has a national plan to handle these situations. This is a myth. Government is not engaged in a national preventive plan to forbid building in flood zones, building infrastructure to handle flooding, and preventing it from causing catastrophic damage. It can be done. See how Holland pulls back the sea. Climate change causes drought. Well, research, what research is the government doing to see what crops are more drought resistant? No matter what party, conservative or liberals, they've never met their stated carbon reduction goals. They need to admit that they won't for a long time, arbitrarily stating that certain goals will be met by setting 40% reduction, emission reduction by 2030, and further reductions in 2035, 2040, 2045, with net zero by 2055. This is a fact that they did. If this happens, we would be a third world country because there is no realistic plan in place to achieve this. China has set 2060 for net zero emissions and India 2070. This appears to be true, though China is trying to reach the goal sooner. From wind and solar will not supply all of our power needs to go totally emission-free. Only hydro and nuclear power can produce a lot of emission-free power. Until enough of this is built to meet our needs, we will need to use natural gas in place of coal, since it has half the emissions of coal. Canada only produces 1.6% of global carbon emissions. China produces 27% of the world's carbon emissions, the US 11%, and India 6% facts. The myth is that we're actually calling these countries to cease their practices. China's goal is to be the number one producer of green energy. They are achieving this goal by using fossil fuels to produce much of the green energy equipment, such as solar panels, since their economy is heavily based on fossil fuels. They are working on renewable energy sources and energy storage methods to reduce carbon emissions, but they use fossil fuels to reach the goal. 2050, the research estimates that coal will be down to just 16% of global power generation from 41% now, and fossil fuels to 38% from 66% now. Overall, though, coal, gas, and oil will continue to be 74% of primary energy demand, down from 82% now. After that, the rate of decline is likely to accelerate. Liquefied natural gas produces half of the emissions of coal. This is as Canada has 200 years of natural gas based on current usage. This is a fact. We should be selling this to places like China and India who would buy great quantities of it. Our allies in Europe need this to stop buying from Russia. We are a secure supply. We just need to build the pipelines and liquid gas plants to export this. At present, we only sell our oil and gas to the U.S., at a loss of $25 billion a year. This is a fact. Canada produces some of the cleanest energy in the world. So why do we import dirty oil from dictatorships? We Why why, why are we paying millions and billions when we have enough energy to make us energy secure? Why is this? Because we lack the political will to get the pipelines built for both export of energy and for internal consumption. Our Indigenous people support the building of pipelines, is the majority of Canadians do. We are losing billions. 
which we need to fund our health and social programs as well as to strengthen our military. This is a fact. Because we only sell our energy to the U.S., we are losing billions. This is a fact. How to achieve green energy? First, don't assume that the government will do this alone. You only have to look at the many projects that they have been unsuccessful at, from their payroll system, derived can app, to COVID preparation, etc. The only way to achieve stable, renewable energy is by having the public, industry, and government at the table to reach a consensus what to do. Industry needs to see the benefits of developing reliable sources of green energy at a profit. The public has to see it at cost the same or less than other energy alternatives. The government needs to offer tax incentives to the industries that can do this, not massive subsidies to a few corporations that don't really change the picture. Acceptance of nuclear power to produce clean energy along with hydro, which are reliable. This means reliable ways to store green energy when solar power is not available. The government needs to re realize that the vast majority of the public still aren't going to buy completely electric vehicles until they're proven reliable. In the meantime, they should ensure that car makers keep improving the efficiency of the combustion engine so that the switchover to electric is gradual as the reliability and price of these vehicles declines. We also need to have it clarified as to how the batteries from the cars will be recycled. We need to take into account our roads since the electrical vehicles are heavier. We will need a massive rebuilding of the electrical infrastructure to handle all the future demands in a non-fossil fuel world. Our society will be almost totally reliant on our nuclear grid. But if our enemies use an atmospheric nuclear explosion, the airborne nuke could create an actual electromagnet impulse which could destroy or damage our electric grid, electrical infrastructure, hardening our grid. If we go all electric, it's even a problem now. Sunspots type of nuclear explosions could fry our circuits. Solar flares release a lot of radiation into space. If the solar flare is very intense, the radiation it releases can interfere with our radio communications and affect our electronic grid. We need a national plan to harden our electric grid to save it from these weather and nuclear and sun issues. I think that people in general are always more concerned about the situation now. As all the talk about climate change and what is going to happen in 10 years or 20 years doesn't always resonate with a lot of people. Pollution, the air quality, water quality, the plastics in the ocean, drought, and the effect it will have on farming and food production, and the mass immigration of people wanting food and water. There are things we can do now. Our oceans are going to be one of the greatest sources of food now in the future. We need to stop dumping polluting substances into them like oil, chemicals, sewage, etc. Clean up the massive amounts of plastic in them and protect our coral reefs. There is something we can do now. Only 2.5% of the water on Earth is fresh. And only 0.3% this is in liquid form. We need to realize how precious this is. We can't live without it. We need to ensure that it's kept pollution-free. This is something we can do now. We need to develop drought-resistant crops that use less water. This will help many countries. This is something we can do now. We can help poorer countries of the world improve their lives where they are. This would lessen mass 
immigration due to natural disasters. This is something we can do now. Our government can change its policies and export liquefied natural gas to lessen emissions worldwide. This is something we can do now. Canada is in the forefront of developing modular nuclear reactors that can be located more easily to allow the production of electricity. In many areas, Canada has the resources and technology to be offer this to the world. This is something we can do now. We can build infrastructure to handle flooding and rising ocean levels. This is something we can do now. It's time we stop saying that the sky is falling and doing something today to prevent any disasters tomorrow. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Joe's Corner 76. You can hear me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube at Joe's Corner 76. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell your friends. There are many more you can hear on Spotify and YouTube at Joe's Corner 76.